back to Page by Page Pod with Sammy and Mo. We are back in the swing of things today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally are getting back into our regularly scheduled programming of reading a book as quickly as humanly possible <laughs> and reviewing it for you guys. So welcome back to that. I know we've had a couple of episodes of not really yeah just more bookish yeah uh one of them we were supposed to review a book but we neither of us finished it so yeah um because we did not like that book yeah it was we already talked about it we'll we'll just move past it because (laughs) i have a vendetta against it um but thanks for joining us again on our second video episode so again anyone who is listening to us on spotify you might still hear a couple of technical difficulties you might hear a little bit of a difference in the sound quality um compared to last week's episode we are playing around with a couple new things some new microphones new setups and we are still in a virtually empty room so you're still going to hear a little bit of an echo until we start getting our bookish things on the walls yep it's a it's a work in progress it's a work in progress and we're grateful that you guys are along for the journey yeah and if you're watching on youtube which you can go to us on youtube if you're on spotify page by page pod and watch us do this whole spiel. Um, but you might notice a difference in camera quality because we were able to... <laughs> Finally got the camera working. <laughs> we got it figured out. And we got it figured out one hour after we filmed the last episode. So that was... A little disappointing. Extremely frustrating. Yeah, there's the whole, like... There's the whole book side of this, and then there's the whole, like, tech side of this. And we're not tech savvy. We're not tech savvy. And you know what? Our husbands are. Yeah. But they couldn't even help us with this. No. And we have a little bit too much pride to ask anyway. Right. And like, this is our thing. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We're in it together. We'll get there. We've got people. They're loyal. We made it. Yeah. Here we are. So again, welcome back. Uh, obviously today for everyone that is watching and for all of you that are listening, we are going to be talking about It Ends With Us. We have talked about this book a few times now. We have talked about Colleen Hoover quite a few times now. Yeah. Um. This book is all over the media, social media, non-social media, all the moms, all everyone's yeah. reading it. Right. Um, or has read it, especially because a sequel book only came out earlier this year. So we thought it was time to really address it. We have a very pretty collector's edition of the book here um, that Mo provided for us. So thankful for that. <laughs> um, but before we get into our review, we do want to just have our normal casual conversation with our question of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mel, we have talked a couple episodes ago about what our favorite book tropes are. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot. Yeah. And we read a lot of different tropes. Yes. So I was curious, what is your least favorite trope? My least favorite trope is that like best friend of the brother, best friend of yeah. the sister thing where it's like, forbidden love kind of only because like it's gonna piss off the family members or whatever (laughs) right I just think that like your family should be happy for you if you're finding someone that they know obviously is a good person yeah like I don't love that I don't love that idea that like I can't date her because she's my best friend's little sister and that's weird and I've read a couple books that are like that and it always is like the biggest drama and then it's like, oh no, I'm I'm actually kind of glad that yeah. that happens. And I, I guess like I can try to get through that that idea of like, oh well, brothers and sisters have that kind of relationship when they're that close in age that yeah. you don't want 
But still, like, wouldn't you be happy that your best friend is now going to be your actual brother? Right. Like, why can't you look at it that way? Where right. it's like, like oh, they are be... part of your family now. Yeah, they're like legit family. Yeah. And I don't know. I, it's the thing I gravitate towards the least. And the like other one that I think about that I know is like hugely popular with, popular with people is like the holiday or like the yeah. sports yeah. kind. I have like no interest. Sports is so big. Like hockey romance right, right. now is out of control. Right. And then like when I think about like you know, they're not necessarily books, but some of the movies on Hallmark are based off of those books. I'd never gravitate to like a Hallmark yeah. movie and like I just constantly make fun of Hallmark movies, like right. A Christmas Prince right. and <laughs> Prince of Christmas yeah. being two completely different fil- films. Um, <laughs> but no, I totally agree with you. I think that the holiday ones specifically are just even when it's during the holidays, I have no interest in reading it. Right. I like when a book addresses holidays. Yeah. yeah. Um, somewhere in the three to six hundred pages that I'm reading. Right. That's fine. I like that. I like seeing where a relationship goes. Or if like it's a slow burn and things happen around the holidays, that's fun. Yeah, that's I like fun. that. And because that seems fitting because that happens. It does. You want the warm fuzzies in that time and so you yeah. act on your emotions. But the small town girl coming from the big city, going to her hometown, Hallmark type movie in a book to fall in love and then never go back to the big city again. Mm-mm. No, that's not my thing. It's not going to happen. I think that's also like, like a good thing. And I don't know if it's like an official trope, but like the go back to the small town yeah. and then you're like, Oh yeah, this person I went to high school with actually, I see them completely differently now. That's probably a trope that we just don't know the name of. And I hate that too. Yeah. But it's also like, I did grow up in a very small town. Right. So like to imagine it, like, going back and be like, oh, yeah, that person. Right, because you think no. of it as, Come like, on. small town romance, right? And then you actually grow up in a small town, and you're like, I graduated from high school with 100 people. Mm-hmm. That means there were only 400 people in the whole school in the first place. Right, like, exactly what... What's... No. Yeah, my graduating class was 140 people. Yeah. So, like, the things I knew about them in high school, I don't know if I went back now, 10 yeah. years later... If it would feel, if they'd feel any different to me. Right. Like, you know what I mean? You're still going to see them as that, like, high school person. Right. Anyway. Right. And also, like, the other thing is, listen, I am a person who stayed in my hometown. Uh, and I also married someone from my hometown. Yeah. We both chose to stay in our hometown. And that's all fine and dandy. But most of the time with these small town romances where the person comes back from the big city, um, the, the person who was left behind is, like, a farmhand or right. is is working as a grocery store clerk or like what's what like you can't just be two successful people and you still happen to live in the same town right it has to be one is extremely successful and the other one is like i farm honey yeah with my bees as my best friends like why is the small town things always like that why is it like I'm a farmer or I like do some kind of manual labor or I have fixed and fixed the local inn or whatever right or it's like the complete opposite where it's like I got a very huge lump sum from a deceased family member so instead I decide to work at the local library as a volunteer right and then it's like what but I'm also rich what's the point and then I'm like and then I think about it and like the small town I grew up in, everybody's like 
it's close to Delaware. Yeah. People don't just like stay. <laughs> right. Well, like, I've been in your town. Right. It's what is there to do? There's not. You're at least going to go to Delaware. Right. So it's like. Well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. I can't sense. get behind them. I, I can't either. There's. And again, it's that like hall, Hallmark feel. Like they also yeah. do that too. Anything that feels like Hallmark. I'm or so like not a Hallmark girly. I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. Like at all. I need substance. I need, And yeah. Hallmark doesn't have that. Right. And also, every Hallmark movie is the same thing, mm-hmm. just with a different cover on it. Right. And like I said, like, 50% of those are actual, like, books or based off of yes. an actual book. Yes. So it's just like... And it's like, if I can't get through the movie that only takes me two hours... Right. How do you think I'm going to get through the three to four hundred page book? Right. I realized I don't like cheesy. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. And I'm also realizing like from reading this book that I don't like anything that feels too real either. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. I also think it's like, I, I, I agree with the cheesy thing. I think it's, I don't like anything that's too predictable. Yeah. If I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. I don't want to read it. What's the point? What's the point? I like my books to absolutely shock me. Like if my jaw physically drops in real life, it's a good book. Yeah. I feel like you love a twist. twisty. I love a twisty book. And like, I don't need a twisty book. I can definitely appreciate one. Yeah. I can appreciate, I I can deal with a little bit of that. Like, oh, she's definitely going to fall in love with this person. But then like the twist is like, oh, there's a drama in between that love. But anything that, again, is way predictable and yeah. cheesy, fucking get rid of it. I agree. I agree. What's the point? <laughs> What's the point? There's no, no need for that. I think for me, I, you've brought up some really good tropes that I also strongly dislike. Um, one of the ones that we didn't talk about yet is um, the betrayal kind of trope. Mm. And I feel like the betrayal trope normally comes from enemies to lover. Yeah. Or friends or to lover. Friends to lover. And I like enemies and friends to lover books. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. But when there's then a twist with the betrayal in it, I hate it. I don't like these, but because the betrayal is always like unforgivable. Right. And then the main character's like, I'm so mad. And then two chapters later is like, I want to have sex with them. Yeah. It's like, that's not, or, or come on. <laughs> Or have you ever, like, read a book with the fake betrayal where it's, like, a staged thing? Oh, yeah, but, like, like, the one person doesn't know? Yeah, and it's, like, just fucking know. Like, that's almost worse. Just get them in on the joke. Get them in on the problem. almost worse to me. Right. Like, if you planned this whole elaborate thing to fool other people into thinking that you were betraying me. Right. I'm going to feel more betrayed that you thought you couldn't trust me with that secret so that I could play into this betrayal thing. Right. Like, why can't I be a part of the, I don't want to say, like, like the joke, but, because it's not a joke, but why can't I be a part of the secret, the, yeah. the event that's yeah. happening? What, I agree. I, I really hate that. I hate the fake betrayal. Yeah. It's so much worse. It is. I mean. Like, at least the real betrayal, a lot of the times, it's not that bad. Like, you can get over it. Um, but some of the times, it's, like, really, really really horrible and then there's still four more books to read and you're mm-hmm. like how is it gonna what's how's this gonna get fixed right because if it was me I would not forgive them right um but I don't know I guess to each their own right but betrayal of any level fake real small big I hate it all yeah I think 
and when I'm thinking about it, I, I, I hate that, like, in general, I have to keep this secret thing yeah. from the person I love. Like, when I think about that, I think about, like, Zodiac Academy with, like, what's his name? Don- Damien. Damien. Damien? Is it Damien? It's, or Don- Dante? No, it's not Dante. I thought it was. Is it Damien? It's something with a D. It is something with a D. Darius. Darius! Ah, <laughs> oh, we got it! Whoops. Where Darius? Can you tell we Sorry, that we're about book? To, we're, yeah, we're about to give a really huge spoiler alert. But he has to keep a secret from Tori. Yeah. Right? Tori? Who he's technically mated with, but not mated with. Right. And I just feel like, well, if you would just tell her, your life would be a lot easier. It wouldn't actually be that complicated. Right. Also, like... Two heads are better than one kind of situation. Right. Like, if you couldn't find the way out, maybe she, she can could. help. Yeah, exactly. Especially and because she is the main character. Right. So it's like, if anyone's going to figure it out, it's going to be her anyway. I always just feel like it's like adding a layer of, like, something that's complex or difficult for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Like, it's trying to add drama where they're... For drama's sake. For drama's sake, there's no yeah. reason. So I don't resonate with that, like, whole, like, keep the secret yeah. from the loved one yeah. trope. I agree. And I, I don't think that's like betrayal necessarily. I think that's like I don't I don't know what that's called, but stupid is what it's called. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'm just... <laughs> I just there are so many good tropes in the world, so only identifying like four or five that we hate is such a luxury to us. <laughs> but I, it's also because we read so many of the same types of books over and over again yeah. that we're not really experiencing other tropes. No, we, you know we what? Like At a... the end of the day, a small town romance trope is fine. I don't hate it. Um, no, I think I do. But I also just don't gravitate towards it. No, it's just not my cup of tea. I love the forced proximity, the one bed, the enemies to lovers. Even like marriage of convenience. Oh yeah, those are I love good. that. Oh, you would love the Dreamland Billionaire series. I know. Then. I need to read it. You really it's on do. the list. It's on my Kindle that you're about to borrow. Just start going ahead. Yeah, if I can get through the fourth wing real fast, then I'll just start. You're gonna get through it real fast. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get through. It took me out of my reading slump. We finally read it. We finally I I broke down like we said last episode. It's on my Kindle now. Mo ordered them for us on Amazon. They're finally coming. And coming early. And coming early. We've so been you, seeing people on like TikTok start getting them. Yeah. And now yours is coming. Yeah. Ours are coming. But yeah, I think when we're talking about what we like to read and the fact that, you know, we got our hands on the fourth wing, if you're looking to get it, try get on Amazon because it's actually getting delivered two days earlier now. Yeah. People are starting to get them. Yeah. It looks like they're coming out in the order that they were ordered yeah mm-hmm. um because people are getting their orders in like a staggered way yeah but i mean what i think after like that first week of people starting to order them on amazon is when you ordered them so yep mm-hmm. we're still getting them before a lot of other people will yeah no but so. definitely start amazon's the only way target barnes and noble they are not getting them no and i would if you liked the fourth wing or if you want to read it go ahead and pre-order Iron, Iron Flame yeah, right now. Because the second book. That comes out in November. I feel like that one's going to be a whole situation too. Oh, that's going to sell out before it even hits shelves. Yeah. Like, uh, other places are going to start opening up for pre-order. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's going to be anything like Fourth Wing, Fourth Wing is being sold on eBay for like $200. I know. It's absurd. 
my mother-in-law she god bless her heart but i had asked her to she works at costco so i asked her like can you check costco to see if it comes in and then she didn't have it and then she went on ebay and was going to get the like sprayed edge one and she was bidding on it and it got up to like 315 dollars or something and then she was like, the last bidder came in and swooped in the last second, and I this lost This was all it. without you knowing she and was doing no it. I had no idea. She was, I was like, you didn't need to do that. That's <laughs> like, way too much money for a book. <laughs> we don't need the sprayed edges. No, I'm good. I'll just wait till the second it's edition really to come out. Okay. Bless her heart. She's so sweet. <laughs> so She's nice. the best. But it, I was shocked when she told me it went for $320. Yeah. I have been looking just for fun on... Mercari and Poshmark and eBay just to see what people are selling the sprayed edges for. Um, I saw like six different listings of the German version of the book with sprayed edges going for $250. What? And like selling. Like not just listed, they were sold. I cannot believe how absurdly priced this book is. Like even when... Now, six months ago, Akatar was as popular as this is. Yeah, you didn't have these issues. No. And I think it's because it's new and it came directly from the printer and publisher and they, I guess, weren't expecting it to blow up the way that it did. Yeah. So there just wasn't enough copies made, whereas Akatar has been out for years. Yeah. But it's nuts. And I hope that they are planning ahead now for November for the second book to come out. Yeah, I hope so too. Because, because it's crazy. I mean, I've already pre-ordered it. Right. So we're, <laughs> we're on the list. <laughs> we're on the list. We're good. Lesson learned. Um, and, and I think I was talking to Chris about this. Because every time we go to Target, he's so cute. He's so he's the sweetest. <laughs> every time we go to Target, he's like, we got to go check out the book section. So oh, your book is here. Every single time. I'm not kidding. Every time. I love that. And so we'll walk down the book aisle and then... There's been like a couple of books. I'm like, oh, I, I should pick this up. And then I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. If, I, if there's a book that I think that I should have, I'm just going to grab it. Yeah. Because God forbid this happen again. Yeah. And like, it just feels really garbage that like. We literally held the. We our hands. held it. We held the sprayed edge version in our hand. Yeah. I put it back on the shelf like a freaking idiot. Which like, honestly, hindsight we don't own any sprayed edge books yet. No. Why would we put it back? I don't know. Were we like in a rush? We must've been in a rush. We mm. must, it must've been one of our like 9.30 PM target trips. I had five books in my hand at the time. Oh, right, right, right. One, this was one of them. Uh-huh. And we had decided that our husbands would murder us. Five books. If we came home with too many books. Yeah, I had five books in my hand. But we've read them all now, I think. No. <gasps> we've read them all. Oh, no. we have the king of battle and blood oh well that's from costco right you're right that was a different trip that was jesus christ (laughs) it's okay i also just got three books for my birthday um okay this is news what'd you get i got the three big emily henry books Ah. i asked for them because i figured they were going to have to be talked about soon right everyone's obsessed with them happy like place the... was the newest one that came out and everyone freaked out about it are those the beachy ones beach read is one of them okay yeah so i have beach read people we meet on vacation and happy place Got it. i bought happy place from costco mostly because it was a hot pink cover <gasps> it was cute i have those plus like the seven other books on my shelf that i have bought for this podcast that i haven't read and the like 12 other books on my shelf that i just own yeah 
and I have to read, I don't know, you don't have to read it, but I have to read um, the newest Hunger Games book because oh, the movie is yeah. coming out in the fall. And my sister lent me, that's a book for my sister. My sister lent me another book. Now I just, my bookshelf's full. It looks beautiful, <laughs> but it's overwhelming. I have too many books. And I'm reading the Throne of Glass series now. Yeah. And that's going to be seven books. And it's long. Those and aren't then I'm small. reading Crescent City. Yeah. And I just bought a new Stephen King book. It's just, you it's addicting. Are... And I'm never going to catch up. I, I don't know how you keep going straight. I don't know. Like, that's a lot of books. I'm. I'm str- I'm struggling right now because I started that um, one series, the Reverse Harem, where she's like in a magical town, whatever. Oh yeah. And then I have another one, the like the Lady of Shadows, Lady of Darkness. Right, series. that you stopped basically right when we started the podcast. Uh, I think I was reading it in the middle, but I had to stop it for uh, the Serpent. And Wings of Night, I think. Yeah, I think there was, like, a series of, like, three weeks in a row where we had to read a, as many books as humanly right. possible because we had to, like, pre-record. Exactly. So I still have to pick up that series again. I'm on, like, book three. I have to pick up, again, the other one, the magical witchy one. And then <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job of describing <laughs> these books. So sorry. Um, And then... What's the third series that I wanted to start? Oh, I wanted to read this that one that I sent you on TikTok. Oh, the like Rapunzel. The Rapunzel one. Retelling that's yeah. also a reverse harem. So shocking. All it. three of the series that you two of the series that you want to continue reading are reverse harem. One of them is just is. shadows. It's just like so much drama. Yeah. And it's fake. Yeah. I think it's a fake drama. You just are addicted. Which is fine. We all get addicted to one trope or another. Or Well, you know what I think it is, is I think for me, I like really complex characters and complex people. And for some reason, when it's one male, they're just never that complex. So when you have five of them, you get like every version of man. And that's just so fun. Every version. You get the man. funny one. You get the serious one. You get the like... Uh, like sweet one. Yeah. Like there's every version of man in a reverse harem. I'm still waiting for you to suggest another one to me that won't make me want to vomit and claw my eyes out at the same time. Okay. Well, we can get over the den of vipers. Because they're not all like that. I think this Rapunzel one might be a good one for you. Maybe. I so do love I'm going to jump into that. Okay. And then I'll let you know. All right. But that you're might... going to read Fourth Wing first. Yeah. That's one... going to take you two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That one might, the Rapunzel one might be the one I start on the plane. Okay. I'm taking a trip next week and on a plane for six hours. So I want Woo-hoo. plenty of time to read. It's going to be lovely. Yeah. So you get through the first one because mm-hmm. you're gone for a whole week. Mm-hmm. You get through the first one on that first six hours because I know you will. Mm-hmm. And let me know when you land. Yeah. If I should read it. I will. And then that could potentially be our next book. Yeah. Next series, maybe. I don't, I don't know, know if it's, it's a series. series. I think a it's lot a of the times the like style. Disney retellings are like a series of single stories. Yeah, they're like each, like there's a Cinderella one, there's a Rapunzel one, yeah, there's yeah, a Belle yeah. one. So I'm hoping that's the case. And then I hope all of them are reverse harems. Can you imagine a Belle reverse harem where it's like Clogsworth, Cogsworth and Lumiere are part of it? Oh my God. I, I don't know how I feel it. about that. No, we got to find it. <laughs> I bet you it's out there. <laughs> 
Just Google it. Beauty and the Beast yeah. reverse hair. If you know about it, put it in our... Yeah, let us the, know. Don't just tell us about any Beauty and the Beast retelling. We've no, read no, them. No, no, no. We've read them. Tell us about a reverse harem <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Mo needs to test it. <laughs> it's one she'll read. It's her favorite princess. This is nothing what we planned. Yeah, it is not. Um, so I guess we should really get back into it. Um, <laughs> the, the, the focal point of today's episode, which is back to the Colleen Hoover world. Um, back to our roots, yeah. one might say, from our first episode. We are talking about It Ends With Us. Um, so like we typically do, we're going to go through the overall plot summary uh, we'll go through our spicy rating hosted by Mo. We'll go through our regular overall rating. We'll go through trigger warnings and then we'll take our deep dive. But as for the summary, I'm sure most of you probably already know what this book is about, even if you haven't read it because it's everywhere. But basically we have our main character, Lily. We'll go into her full name later. Um, <laughs> we have our main character, Lily. She is a small town girl who moves to Boston um, and she is basically trying to reinvent herself, make a name for herself, get out of, you know, that small town mindset. She's only 23. Yeah. She's very young very and young. is like trying to get her start in the world. Um, she go so she moves to Boston. She meets this man named Ryle and Ryle is our male main character. Mm -hmm. Ryle is an interesting fellow. He is a doctor. Um, a neurosurgeon. A neurosurgeon. So we have our small town girl and our big city neurosurgeon. Guess where we're going with that. Um, <laughs> they start to develop a relationship. We start to learn a little bit more about Lily's background, a little bit more about Ryle's background. Mm -hmm. Things get a little dramatic, um, pretty hazy. We have a couple of trigger warnings to go through with you um, just based on the book. It is a little bit of a heavier book to read, especially for Colleen Hoover. Um, but we also have a third character, Atlas. Atlas is Lily's first ever love yeah. from when she was young in her small town. Uh, Atlas makes an appearance and Lily is then stuck in a situation where she doesn't know who to choose, what kind of life she wants to live, where she wants to go with whatever is happening with these three characters. Uh, and we get a lot of other small characters along the way, but all in all, we are following our main character, Lily, uh, throughout a very tumultuous year in her life. Yeah. Uh, and so what I want to make sure we cover are the trigger warnings in this book. There's a lot of them. Um, so there is uh, physical, sexual, emotional abuse. Um, domestic violence. Domestic violence. Um, attempted rape. Yeah. Uh, there is, um, gun violence also in the book. Uh, there is, uh, attempted suicide. Yeah. Or mention of, oh, and a mention of actual suicide. Yeah. Um, it, it's a very heavy book and there's a lot of trigger warnings yeah. in this. There's also, I, we haven't really established this before, but I think it's warranted. There's also talk about infertility. Yes. So that can be heavy for some people. Um, so just know that when you're going into this book, it is a heavy book. Um, make sure that you can take care of yourself and find 
the happy outside of it. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult. Yeah. When you're in this book. It's definitely a heavy one. Um, and for having such a pretty looking cover, it's not what you expect. For knowing everything that social media shares about it, it's not what you expect. Knowing it's a, it was supposed to be a movie is not what you expect. Right. Um, so it's definitely one of those books you may need to take time to read it. You may not want to finish it at all. Um, you may not even want to pick it up. And that's totally fine. Um, we're going to go through all of the kind of deep dive of what we're talking about, what these triggers kind of pertain to in the book. That way, you, if you don't want to read the book, if these trigger warnings have told you it is not the book for you, you can either stop listening to us before we get into our deep dive, or you could listen to our deep dive just so you can get the gist of what the book happens, what what's going on, and then you don't have to read it yourselves. That's also what we're here for, is right. to just get you through um talk to you about the book and if it was something you were interested in but you're a little bit nervous to read it and you don't have to yeah exactly um with that being said i will also go over the chili rating yes on this book <laughs> we are back in the romance category it, yeah so despite all of the scary yes this book also has a good amount of smut i would say so i i wouldn't say it's overly smutty a lot of the scenes are like very kind of fade to black or not very explicit yeah you like know what's happening but they're short they're short um so with that being said i'd probably rate it like a two two to two and a half yeah like the scenes that are there they're fun a lot of the times um a couple of them are not so fun but they're they're fun and they're again you know exactly what's happening without like hearing words like his large member or something like that <laughs> you know we don't I mean? need those words in this book no um because this is real life yeah and not fantasy right it and that's the thing it's like very real yes there's nothing about it that is like fantastical except or, for lily's name right <laughs> uh there's nothing that's like outside the realm of possibility or like acrobatic either <laughs> Sometimes these these women are so just very normal, flexible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I probably would have put this out a bit of a, like a three. Yeah, um, I could go I could go up to a three, but pretty middle of the road. Yeah, and I feel like that's a lot of Colleen Hoover's spice mm -hmm. is middle of the road. Yeah, it's never over the top. It's never gonna get you fully there. Yeah, um, Verity was a little bit spicier than this is. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so that's a you good... got a lot more detail in it. That's a good, like, reference point. So if you read Verity, Verity, I think, has a lot more detail. Yeah. And I think has a few more scenes yeah. than this book does. Um, or The Perfect Marriage. That's another good. Mm -hmm. This is more along the lines of, like, the perfect marriage yeah. kind of scene scenery. Yeah. So somewhere between Verity and The Perfect Marriage. If I you've agree. listened to us, then you kind of no lands kind of there yeah. um yeah i mean i guess we can roll into then what our overall ratings of the book are yeah. um i can tell you that when i read this book on my goodreads i rated it a five really i genuinely all of the, the the darkness aside i thought it was a very good book i really enjoyed the book looking back i might bring it down to like a four and a half but i still I personally highly rate this book. I think that it's one of Colleen Hoover's better books. It's There's a reason it's so popular. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said in the last episode, I've read a chunk of her books. Um, and I normally don't rate them that high. So this is 
pretty high for me, somewhere between a four and a half and a five. Um, I just thought it was a really good book. I thought it was well-written. I thought that it being so grounded in reality mm-hmm. was really different. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, so here's the thing. I don't love this book, but I don't love this book because for me, it was very difficult to yeah. read. Um, it's too real and it resonates with some parts of my life that I don't like to think about. Yeah. So I, I have to give it what it's due. And so it's rating, I would probably rate like a four. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very well written. I thought it made a lot of sense. Um, I thought the way everything like played out and like the timeline of things yeah. were, was really great. I loved some of the twist that did come through. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a four in just the fact that it is a good book. It's well written. It makes sense. It's very realistic and it's realistic in a way that like a lot of people don't touch on when they do write these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, like what I'll say is like when we spoke about Den of Vipers, that book was triggering for you because it was just like so violent. Yeah. But it didn't feel realistic to me right. at all. And so the violence is like, there's violence in this and it's too real. So it affects how I look at the book. Um, so I can only give it a four. It's a really good book. If you're not affected by those things, yeah. I think it would probably be a five or like a four and a half like you, but it affected me too much for yeah. me to be able to say like, yeah, I love this book. I don't love this book, but it is like a really well-written book. Just personally, yeah. I don't love it. Right. Which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely can see, you know, where that comes from. And, and there is, there's always the people who rate books for the author Right. Um, and they rate books for themselves. I'm a person who rates books for myself. I right. do it so that if someone asks me about it, I can tell them this is what I thought of the book. Right. There are other people who rate books because it was well written and, and they want the author to get the, the accolades that they deserve, but they didn't like the book themselves. And I think that's where I'm at right now. And usually I'm, I'm rating the book based on how I feel. Right. But I have to like separate myself from this one particularly because to be honest with you guys, like I texted Sammy before this and I was like, I don't know how I can speak through this book. Um, So Sammy's going to do a lot of the talking here, just frankly. Um, It's just very triggering for me. So I just don't, but I don't, for people that don't get triggered like that or don't have that experience, I don't want you to walk away from this book and being like, oh, well, if Mo hates it, I'm going to hate it. Yeah. I don't hate it. Like, I think it's good. Right. It just, it's too intense for me. Yeah. It's a very, very serious, very real book. Yeah. So when I'm rating it a four, I'm rating it a four based on the author. If I were to read it for myself, this would be like a one or a two. Yeah. I would never pick it back up. Right. Um, and good news is we are not reading the second book. Right. Or you're not reading the second I'm not book. Reading the second I already book. read it. There's no need for you to read it anyway. It is a complete stark difference from this book. It is... Um, for anyone who hasn't heard or hasn't looked into it, there is a second to this book. It is called It Starts With Us. 
I know that really seems very <laughs> ass backwards. Um, but basically what it was, and I, I think I, I briefed on it is um, Colleen Hoover did get so much feedback on this book from the fans that were asking for a second book to follow through with the remainder of the story. And I'll kind of touch on that after we get into our deep dive. I don't want to give any spoilers away. Um, but the second book is very different. It's much lighter um, and it is much shorter. Mm-hmm. And I, I really put it more on like novella side of things. It's not really a full story. Got it. Um, so we'll touch on that. But I think now's as good as time as any to really just take our deep dive mm-hmm. into this book. We obviously don't want to go too crucially into details um being that there are so many triggers in this book um but at this rate if there is anyone um who is listening or watching that wants to read this book has listened to kind of our conversation about it so far and still does want to pick it up great now is the time to hit pause and join us back again when you complete the book that way you can hear our deep dive discussion and you can add your own comments um, anyone else who is remaining, who doesn't want to read the book, already has read the book, doesn't care, maybe you're listening to us in the car, and <laughs> you just need to listen to someone talk, we're going to take our deep dive into the book now. So this is your official spoiler warning. At this point, we will not be addressing any further spoilers. We will just be freely discussing the contents of the book. Right. And so as always, you know, if you are jumping off, please make sure you follow us on Page by Page Pod, on TikTok, on Spotify, and now on YouTube. And on Instagram, we're almost on all the socials now, I think. Yeah, we are trying our best to spread our net. Yeah, so follow us, share us with your friends, like, subscribe, and we have appreciated you being with us here today. Awesome. Let's get into it. First and foremost, we're going to talk about the not-so-heavy things of this book. Yeah. We're going to talk about Lily. Yeah. (laughs) So Lily, again, our main female character, 23-year-old redhead. Yeah, like me. Very much, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Very much um, addressed that she is a petite redhead, kind of quirky girl. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Lily Blossom Bloom. Yeah, pretty ridiculous. <laughs> and and the character addresses it in the book that oh, her yeah. name is ridiculous. Yeah, and I just think that was so silly. I think it's just to add to the fact of the quirk about right. her. Like, like her parents were quirky, so she's also quirky. Right, exactly. Um, I hated it. Yeah, I, I don't... If her name was Lily Blossom Smith, right. it would have been fine. Yeah. It would have been fine. You can just like, ignore your middle name. Lillian Bloom. Like, right. Like, fine. Done. But Lily Blossom Bloom. Like, okay. Redundant. At that rate, you could have just picked another flower. Right. And the whole point is that, like, she's got this dream to be, like, a florist, and it's all so cliche. Yeah. And I think that's a part of, like, her appeal. Yeah. Is that, like, she's just one big cliche. Yeah, she is. And that's, like, part of what makes her quirky. And that's also part of the story. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I think that Colleen Hoover did a really good job of doing that on purpose, Mm -hmm. like, intentionally making this character that is cliche after cliche Mm -hmm. and addressing all of them and being like this is dumb yeah and the character is saying yeah it is yeah it totally is and this is a stupid cliche but it's who I am yeah Um, and I really enjoyed that part of the book because a lot of times the cliches that we're reading are not addressed no and they're so far out that it's like what you you laugh at it and Mm -hmm. it takes you out of it no yeah and I think 
I think that's like almost the point in this book, right? Is that there's a little bit of the like being able to predict, I think. Yeah. And I think that's the point. Yeah. It's like there's something about like the cliche and the history repeats itself kind of thing right. in this book that you're just like, oh shit. And it yeah. adds to the realness, right? Like, yeah. Even though it's so ridiculous, her name, and it's so ridiculous that her dream is to have this florist shop and her escape is gardening and right. her name is Lily Blossom. It's also like, well, yeah. Yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? I want to address what you just said, the history repeating itself, because that is a very, very main focus. It's right. focal in the story. Um, Lily and Ryle meet. And as it is in every romance, they very quickly fall for each other and try to make things work and doctor versus florist. And yeah, they both have big dreams. Yeah, they both have big dreams. And and Ryle has a sister that somehow Lily meets without knowing. It's a whole thing. Very like coincidental. Yeah. In an odd way, because they're supposed to be in Boston. And when I think of Boston, I don't think of like just coincidentally running into at an know. empty florist shop and saying, well, I want a job. It's, it's very strange, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I liked the like almost meet cute that Lily and Alyssa, Ryan's yeah. sister had. I That's, liked that. That is fun. Like and the best I liked, friend meet yeah, cute. I yeah. liked that they like very quickly became best friends because you don't often get another female character mm-hmm. in the book, unless it's like, he's cheating on her with this other female character. Right. So it's, it was fun to get that friendship and that kinship between another character who especially but especially being that it is a sister of the love interest and she is constantly taking Lily's side on things I love that yes about the character development oh I do too and I think it speaks to something about the relationship between Alyssa the sister and Ryle the brother yeah and their past. Yes. That feels very intentional. Yeah. And so this is the history repeating itself is um, there is this whole background to the characters that revolves around domestic violence and abuse. Um, and Lily has a very, very strong stance on I will not tolerate it if that happens to me in my relationship everything's over. Mm-hmm. I am not giving second chances. Um, and unfortunately, Ryle does eventually um, take his aggressions out on Lily. Um, and Lily is so betrayed and so hurt. And it's so real the way that it happens and the detail that goes into it. And um, you really you really do feel for Lily so deeply and you really do hate Ryle for it. Um, And unfortunately that's only about 50% of the way through the book. Right. Um, It happens very quickly in their relationship. I think it's only a couple months into their relationship. Um, And, and I, I love the way it happens where it's in a scene where they're like picking on each other. Yeah. And they're like, Aren't they, like, celebrating something? Yeah, they were... I think it was... um, Oh, it was because Ryle got picked Picked to this, like, huge surgery. Yeah, and he... They're, like, celebrating something. And they're cooking together. They're cooking, they've been drinking wine. Yeah. And 
he accidentally burns his, his hand. hand. Yeah. Which is a huge deal. He's a neurosurgeon. He just got picked for this like once in a lifetime surgery. He's like concerned. And she like jokes jokes about it. Yeah. Like to try to lighten the to mood. To lighten the mood to like help him relax. He can't take it as a joke. And you're reading this scene and I had to read it a couple of times to understand what really happened mm-hmm. because it was so quick. It's and that's the point. Yeah. It was so quick. And even the character's like, wait, what? did that just happen? Did like, that just happen? Yeah. Because he ends up like pushing her down and causing yeah. her to fall and a, a glass breaks. Yeah. And then it's like this whole scene, and you're like, wait, 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 wait. Was this an accident? Was right. this intentional? What was the emotion? What was going on? And then like slowly through the book, these scenes progress. Yeah. And the moment of being like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And like realizing that you don't know everything you think you know about yeah. him. It was like very like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Because you're fully viewing this story through Lily's eyes. Right. And you can fully get into her mind right Mm -hmm. um and that's such such a well thought out way to have this story progress is like you are fully understanding you're not seeing this from a third point of view um and you watch the the situation get worse and you watch Ryle the very first time that it happens immediately snap out of it and be like oh my god I can't believe I did that I like profusely apologizing knowing where Lily came from right um and so you almost forgive him too. Yeah, because you're like, because oh, you're like, it was an accident. Yeah. He was so stressed out, or like, he didn't mean to push her because there was stuff on the ground. And, and the you, first... you try to also rationalize right. it the same way that Lily does. Right. And as you get further into the story, you rationalize it less and less. Mm-hmm. And Ryle starts apologizing less and less. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the while this is happening, Lily is in contact again with Atlas, who we mentioned is her love interest from high school yeah who basically helped her go through watching the abuse of her mother at the at her father's hands yes and helped her like get through that time and through that like fell in love with right him and the only way you know this and, and how you know this is she keeps revisiting these journals mm-hmm. that she's kept and to me, what I was really, like, getting through that was that she hasn't let it go. Right. She's never moved on. And that's really important to the story. Yeah. Like, everything comes to a head because of these journals. Right. And because when you actually look at the way she's feeling and, and what happens, she can't let go of the past. Yeah. And she can't let go of whatever felt safe. Right. And she goes back to it. Right. The further that her situation progresses, the tighter she holds on to the past and those stories and those journals um, and Atlas himself. And Atlas is fully aware of her relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And it only is when things get really, really bad that he is aware of the situation she's in. And he is still very obviously in love with her. Oh, very like, obviously. Like, there is never a question about it. No. But he does such a good job of taking that step back 
yeah. and being like, I understand, I'm going to respect your relationship, but the second that you are in trouble, I'm going to do everything that I can to protect you. Yeah. And I love that so much about Atlas's character. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the the story progresses and, and Lily and Ryle get married, um, and it's almost kind of a shotgun wedding. Oh, it is a shotgun wedding. And it's very quick. Yeah. It's like, very what, impulsive. six months or something into the relationship? Like, it's... And, and it really makes you think it's because Lily can't let go of the past. And she's like, this is the way I'm going to do it. Is I'm going to let go of Atlas and I'm going to let go of everything that's going on. And the second we get married, everything's going to get better. Right. Because we're going to exactly. get married. We're going to have babies. We're going to, our life is going to go on. All the while she's opening this huge florist shop um, and just getting acclimated in Boston without her mom, without anyone there. Um, and her mom comes to visit her every once in a while mm-hmm. and. Um, that makes her feel guilty too, because she's going through exactly what she witnessed her mom go through mm-hmm. and she doesn't feel like she can talk to her about it because she's embarrassed. Right. And, and that's what really just, there's always an extra layer of it making it feel so real. Right. And, and it's also like the, you're going through Lily's head of like, is that what I thought it was? What does this mean? It's not quite like my father was like, and also you like learn that Ryle has a like a childhood trauma mm-hmm. where he um the gun violence that we spoke to he when he was a kid accidentally killed his brother yeah um and so he goes into these like blackout moments and these like repressed repressed scenes where he like legitimately according to the way it's written who knows we don't get a rile perspective right but which is also what I like about this book. Right. It, I don't want to humanize him. No. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. And that's not what she experienced with her father. Right. So she's like, it's like what I went through, but it's not like what I went through. Because she she still wants to believe that, like, there is a way to fix, fix this. And they, they Because like, Ryle doesn't know what he's doing. Right. And they come up with this, like, way that he's supposed to walk away when he gets angry. And you, it works for a little while. Yeah. It works for a little while. And then you get to a scene where he's realizing, he meets Atlas. He discovers who Atlas is. He discovers the diaries. Yeah, discovers the diaries. Discovers this magnet that she kept that said Boston. Right. And and he's reading, um, Atlas has a a Restaurant. And the restaurant gets rave reviews and is in the local newspaper and they do an uh, an interview and he discovers that like Atlas placed himself in Boston and so did she. Right. And he feels like betrayed by it and he just, and she's got this like little tattoo, which Mm -hmm. this was like really difficult for me. She's got this like little tattoo that's on her that was something that Atlas drew yeah for her and he reads all the journals and everything and then he loses it yeah and he like i don't know if he like bites the tattoo almost to the point where like she feels like her skin is like yeah getting ripped it's like very well, she gets scarred yeah. around the tattoo yeah and she ends up calling atlas to save her from it and it feels like i don't i don't mean this to be like victim blaming because that's terrible but it does feel like she was disingenuous this entire time and there was a moment there where I was like 
you didn't realize that this whole thing was like up like you just thought Boston was just the place she wanted to be and then right. it starts unraveling that she intentionally she went intentionally to went to Boston yeah because back when they were kids his yeah uncle because he was homeless at the time and that's how they got together they were in whatever she saved him from being homeless and he gets you know rescued by his uncle and moves to boston Mm -hmm. and it does feel disingenuous yeah in a way because it's like she whether or not she is aware of what she's doing right is what's that question it feels like emotional cheating yeah because the entire time she's with ryle she still goes and revisits these diaries diaries even before it's known that he's like an abusive person yeah she's always going back she can't let it go and while it does not excuse anything it did make me be like well you don't he doesn't have your whole heart right and that doesn't give him any license to treat you that way. Right. But you were not He upfront. has a reason not to trust her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And unfortunately, most of his aggressions are not due to lack of trust. It's just due to whatever Whereas, is pissing him off that yeah. day. Um, but no, I, I agree. There is, There are flaws to Lily. Yeah. She is a very and, flawed character. All of them are. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is that, like, she's flawed. Very and you spend a lot of time feeling bad for her. And it was only after I like stepped back and I was reading it and I was like, I don't know that I like her. Yeah. Like you're supposed to. You're supposed to feel for this like quirky yeah. whatever. 23 year old. Like, 23 year old. And it's like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically to, to wrap it up, because. The substance of the story is basically everything that we've talked about. That is 99% of the book. Yeah. Um, and. Oh, and she gets pregnant. She gets pregnant. Yeah, we didn't miss it that. comes to a head. She gets pregnant um, and decides after she gets pregnant to leave Ryle mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to put herself or her child through what she went through as a kid. Right. Um, so she decides to leave Ryle, goes to Atlas to seek some sort of assistance more or less um quasi moves into his home um and ryle that's when ryle kind of starts to see things clearly and starts to actually take a step back and say oh my god i'm losing everything that i've ever wanted Mm -hmm. because i can't control myself right and unfortunately it's too late yeah um and to, to wrap it all up with a big bow um lily has this baby Mm-hmm. and decides I'm not with Ryle anymore. Atlas treats me the way I want to be treated and just kind of ends up with him anyway. Yeah. And so it feels that's, that's where I take that. Like I really enjoyed the story, but it just feels like it was wrapped up too conveniently. Right. Um, and I think that's why fans wanted a second story so bad because they wanted to see, you didn't get any relationship between Atlas and Lily other than what happened when they were kids um mm-hmm. so it ends and you're like lily has a baby she's with atlas now they're both business owners they're finally together and it just stops and so i think that's where the fans were going where they were like 
hello, we want the story between Lily and Atlas. Like, where do they go from here? Um, what I also didn't love is that, like, and, and I think this is the problem. She kept, like, I felt like her herself was, weren't, like, she wasn't progressing. Yeah. And it's like, you're not, I'm sorry, but the person that you were at 16 is not the person that you are at 23. Right. And for you to just jump back into a relationship with the person that you were in love with at 16 without really any, like, they don't go on any dates. No. Like, they don't really get to know each other again. They don't really catch up yeah. about what has gone in their lives other than him saying, I own a restaurant and I was in the Marines and her yeah. saying, wonderful. Like, you don't know each other. Right. So, like, why would you just jump back into this relationship? Be like, I'm ready for you now. Like, so I hated that. That's basically what gets addressed in the second book. Okay. Is it's a new relationship. Because basically what happens at the end of this book is Lily has her baby. She tells Atlas, I need a break. Like, I can't do anything right now except focus on me and yeah. my baby and my flower shop. Um, and so they kind of part. They go their separate ways. She goes her separate way from Ryle. But Ryle is then still a co-parent mm-hmm. and has a huge turnaround being a co-parent also didn't um, get that yeah it didn't make sense i choose to ignore that um it's like but is basically he going to anger management like right, what is he doing right like, for me if i'm in an abusive relationship i'm not just gonna assume that you're not gonna abuse our daughter yeah so i i hated that too I just think, so basically that all happens and it's what, like six months go by and then she sees Atlas on the street Mm -hmm. and that's how they decide that they want to make things work. So she has a baby, she has an infant um, and suddenly they're just like, okay, cool, we're going to date now. And then it ends. And then it ends. And so basically the whole second book is from there on um, and you go through their relationship as adults now. Um, They kind of go through what happened to them in the seven years that they weren't together. Um, it was not a good book. I, like I said, I rated this one like a five on Goodreads. I rated the second one a three. I thought mm-hmm. it was pointless. Yeah. It felt very much like a novella. It was really just a fan service. Got it. Because people wanted the relationship between Alice and Lily. The whole book didn't have a lot of depth. It was really just like, there was maybe one problem here or there mm-hmm. that gave some sort of like, oh no, are they going to break up? But then they don't and everything's fine and dandy and they have a baby and Ryle's still in the book and Ryle ends up in another relationship and Atlas and Lily are happy and, and Alyssa and, and Lily are still friends. And it just, I didn't love it. I like a book that has depth and substance yeah. and, and there's something to do with the story right um and there wasn't with this so it's a much lighter book it's a much happier book you don't get these deep dark undertones Mm -hmm. um so it's a good like palette cleanser but it's not worth the time Mm -hmm. it's smaller it's like 300 pages but it's not worth reading them what i almost wish had happened at the end is she finds atlas and they have just determined we got what we needed from each other. Yeah. And we're just, we're going to move on with our lives. And thank you for being what I needed. Right. And that's it. Because that's like them being like friends. Them being friends. Yeah. But like, 
this still feels like a flawed character who never gave up her first love and that's whole story that's the reason why everything happened to her and they're only together because they've saved each other right like they don't know how to they're not, not be with each other because right. she, like she like mentions that like she's had relationships you know through college but they were all just like it's a very whatever. like trauma based relationship yeah it's a trauma bond yeah that's exactly what i wanted to say yeah. thank you you're welcome it's a trauma bond relationship and like how long is that actually gonna last and that feels so unhealthy to me yeah and i don't like it yeah i agree um i just think all in all again this is a really realistic book and that's why i liked it so much it was it very, very well real. written it's very real um but what i want to address is the movie I have been ranting to Mo about this movie since I read the book um, like four months ago. And when I read the book was right around the time that the movie was announced. Colleen Hoover was a producer on the movie and had a say in all of the casting. And listen, I love myself some Blake Lively. (laughs) I really do. She is incredible. Yeah. But she cannot pass for 23 years old. No. And she is not meant to be a redhead. No. And so cast pictures came out and once the rolling started happening and they started actually filming it they took this like quirky young go-getter character and just put her in like literal garbage bags as clothes like did you see any of the pictures i did it was like two sets of overalls with like a chunky pair of boots and like a weird hat and the whole thing is like she's a redhead and they don't really address what her hair looks like other than she's a natural beauty, like she doesn't put a lot of effort into herself. And so their way of translating that on camera is Blake Lively with a frizzy red wig. Yeah, they say at one point like she has erratic red hair. But see, in my brain, I think Merida. Right. Big, curly. curly. Not frizzy waves. No. Not like you not like you like had braids overnight and then brushed them in the morning. Yeah. Um so basically, people were very, very mad about the casting and then about the costuming because all of the cast was in their 40s. Yeah. And this whole book is supposed to be a young person finding their way in the world. Right, exactly. And there's no way you're able to suspend disbelief. And so what ends up happening, um, what, I, what I learned through all of these posts and things is that, from my understanding, the cast that we saw, Blake Lively and them, um, are supposed to be like real time and then they cast a young lily who was more in her 20s for when she was with atlas so i have a feeling that the whole story had to be different because the whole thing was that she was in high school oh were they moving well so i I think they moved the whole story further so like atlas and her are happening at like her 20s in her 20s and ryle and lily are happening in her 30s is ideally what was supposed to happen. Anyway, so what I had touched on right before we started the podcast and quickly stopped talking about so that I could get I your genuine like, reaction. I don't love that. Yeah, no, it's horrible. But I get it. I get it because you don't want to put like teenagers. But the problem that, but the problem is those are formidable years. And and listen, if you don't want to put teenagers in that situation, make them 18. Right. They were 16? Cool. Make them 18. Put it at the end of high school. And, like, and that'd be fine. It breaks the story because the whole point is that he is 18 yeah. when he's homeless. Yeah. And he's homeless because he's 18 and came from an abusive background. And can't go into foster care because he's 18. Yeah. 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 
That's the whole point. Right. And also the whole point is that he is in high school and high school is very judgy Judgy. and dramatic. And And she's alone because she can't have friends over. She can't go anywhere. She's not allowed because she's an abuse. That's not the case when you're... So everyone was very mad about the movie. Um, And now you get it. And now you can understand it. And my whole thing is the whole time I'm envisioning Lily now, the 23-year-old Lily, is I'm picturing not Sadie Sink per se, but someone like who looks like looks very young and yeah. fresh and I wanted a fresh faced person because that's what the whole story was supposed to be is her getting yeah. her start in the world a fresh start not a 35 year old getting into a relationship so anyway what I was telling you earlier is the production has been put on an indefinite pause really um and the pause is because of the writer's strike that's been happening. Yeah. But the indefinite part about it is because uh, apparently the studio tried to convince the co-financers that it was an indie film to like work around the writer's strike um. and also address why there are so many changes from the main book itself yeah um and they weren't able to convince them so they're on a they're on a pause because the writer's strike and because the co-financers are thinking about pulling out because the there are so so many people who are mad about the way that the story's going they're worried they're not going to get their return on investment because if people are pissed on they're not gonna watch it they're not gonna go see it yeah and then they're not gonna make or they're gonna go see it and they're gonna say it was horrible right and i'm sorry but blake lively can't be a cheap actress so no why my thing too is sense to have blake lively in an indie film and my thing too is blake lively is definitely a person i would love to see in a colleen hoover book right but i want to see her as verity Verity. yeah i want to see her as verity Mm -hmm. because Blake Lively is a phenomenal actress mm-hmm. and can really pull off that like acting in an act. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, portraying a character who's portraying a character. Yeah. Uh, so I would have loved to see that. And I, I hope that maybe this movie gets canceled and Colleen Hoover gets her brain back in her head and does cast um, Blake Lively as Verity. I would love to see Verity as a movie. Oh yeah. I think that'd be a phenomenal thriller. A great thriller movie. This book seems too heavy to me to be a movie in the first place i don't know why it needs to be a movie i'm gonna be honest with yeah you. i agree i don't think this needs to be a movie i don't I think, think you leave it alone yeah i think it is nobody a, needs to watch this. i think it is genuinely a masterpiece like it's a very very good story right and i think a movie will also ruin it not yeah. like all the darkness aside all the like cringe i don't think i'd want to watch that on screen aside i think it would ruin the story right because you need every single detail, detail that's in this book. And you're not going to get that in a two-hour movie. No, I'm not. I don't want to watch a movie about domestic violence. Yeah. Like, because solely that's what the book, like, you can't get the nuance of yeah. those tiny details of what's going on in her brain yeah. the same way on screen. You just can't. I agree. And I don't need to watch that movie. I agree. So we'll see if the movie comes off of a pause or just gets canceled. If it does end up coming out. I'm going to watch it and, and I'll tell you how it is because I'm going to hate it. Um, but anyway, that was kind of our review that was all over the place and very tangential on, uh, 
it ends with us. Right. Again, very good book. Very heavy book. So just prepare yourself for that. Maybe, maybe bracket it with two books that you're really, really excited to read yeah. or like really and are happy, happy or upbeat or like, I don't know, fantasy, fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> because then they're fake. Yeah. Um, you can't just read this book and then go on to the next Colleen Hoover or the next romance. It's you need, you need a palate cleanser with this one, but that was kind of our very, very long review of this one. Um, overall, we, we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Everything aside, it was still a good book, but next week's going to be better. Yes. Because next week, we're finally talking about Fourth Wing. So excited. We're so excited. I hope everyone who wants to get their hands on it can. Uh, if you really want to join in on what Book Talk and Booksta and everyone in the world is talking about right now, just download it on Kindle. It's yeah. fine. It's the same thing. Um, read it along with Mo because yeah. she is about to go read it. I just read it yesterday. We had to read this not side by side because it's one kindle copy Mm -hmm. um but read it along with mo and uh then join us next week to talk to us about it Mm -hmm. and and leave us some comments leave us some questions um maybe leave us something that you liked about the book that you want us to address and discuss yeah we'd love Um, that we would love that we are so excited to get our hands on this book i'm so excited for you to read it it took me out of the reading slump that i was in um so that's what we'll be discussing next week on the pod Fourth Wing by Rebecca Garros, I think is how you probably pronounce it. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. It might be another long one. Absolutely. And like we always say every week, please let us know. Are you a Sammy or a Mo? Follow us on Page by Page Pod on TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, and now YouTube. We have loved having you here. And please give us all your questions. DM us. We want to hear from Talk you. Talk to us. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.